the tzaddik is the model of an attained being in Judaism. In some ways in the Buddhist world, the idea of the bodhisattva is equivalent to the idea in Judaism of the tzaddik. There are many stories in Judaism about tzaddikim, these saintly beings. The Hasidic world is filled with tzaddikim. In fact, it is said that there are 36 tzaddikim at all times in the world, usually hidden. These 36 are called the Lamad Vav Tzadikim, Lamad representing the number 30 and Vav representing the number 6. And there are wonderful Hasidic tales about Lamad Vav Tzadikim. In the Talmud, many years ago, there was a teaching on how we could attain a level of our own tzaddik, of that saintly being that lives within us, by understanding some of the mystical teachings of Judaism and by living our lives in a way that will enhance developing higher character and greater awareness. Indeed, in the Talmudic section of Avodah Zarah, it says that Rabbi Pinchas ben Yar gave us the teaching of the twelve basic steps that one can follow to attain God consciousness. The first step was what is called Talmud Torah, and I'll discuss this in a little bit. And then Pinchas ben Yar says that step two is that Torah leads to watchfulness. Step three, watchfulness leads to zeal. Step four, zeal leads to cleanliness. Step five, cleanliness leads to separation. Step six, separation leads to purity. Step seven, purity leads to holiness. Step eight, holiness leads to humility. Step nine, humility leads to fear of sin. Step ten, fear of sin leads to saintliness. Step 11, saintliness leads to Holy Spirit. And step 12, Holy Spirit leads to God consciousness. Now these steps are described in the language of the Torah, and that was 2,000 years ago. What I have done is taken each of the words that the Torah describes and found a way that's more relevant in our day to understand each of these 12 steps. And that is what the teachings of this series is about. Let us first look, and I will synopsize the 12 steps 
And then, as we work our way through the teachings, I'll go into considerable length on each step along the way. Number one is called, in Hebrew, Torah. And Torah means law or doctrine, or sometimes it means custom or manner or teaching. In many ways, it means study. Literally, the Torah represents the five books of Moses. But sometimes all of the holy writings are referred to as the Torah. And oftentimes one will sit in a discussion and they will say to a person, tell me your Torah. That is to say, let me see who you are, how you see things, the way you reference the world. What is your Torah? So in many ways, Torah in this context means how we live our lives, how we prioritize our lives for those things that are important to us and those that are not. That in many ways is our Torah. And so Torah I'm calling the prioritization of one's life. Step two. Zehirut is the Hebrew word, and it means carefulness or caution or discretion. In many ways, it means precision. And so the Torah is often translated as watchfulness and also looked at in terms of carefulness of living and respectfulness in our actions. The third step, zirizut, means quickness or alertness, agility and diligence. And so this one that is often referred to in Talmudic teachings as zeal, I'm going to translate for the purpose of our learning here as the awareness of the needs of others which translates into generosity. Awareness of others translates into letting go a little bit of my sense of self-possessiveness. This will be discussed at great length. Step number four, nikiyut in Hebrew, means cleanliness. Sometimes it means to exonerate or to make innocent. And so, cleanliness in the old context, I'm going to work with in terms of cleansing ourselves through acts of loving-kindness, cleansing our souls. It's called gemilat chesed, acts of loving-kindness. Step number five, prishut in Hebrew, means abstinence or continence, holding check. And we could call that separation, or we could call it restraint. But in our terms today, in this world of enormous materiality, this is the step of simplicity, voluntary simplicity, that I'm calling moderation being able 
to restrain ourselves and say no so that we could live in moderation. Step six, tahara, means cleansed or decontaminated, purified. And this is that act of consciously purifying our actions and motives, constantly being aware of our motivations. This is purification. Step seven, kedusha, literally means holiness, sanctification, or the consecration or something. Kedusha has the same root form as the word kiddish, which is the sanctification of wine. And when we have celebrations, times of great joy, we almost always have a kiddish on the wine. And the word for marriage is kedushin, uh, which is a time of great joy. In many ways, holiness is connected with a deep inner joy of being connected with the divine. And so I'm translating Kedusha as joyful surrender, letting go of oneself into that world of holiness. Step number eight, Anava means modesty or meekness, often translated as humility. But it really means letting go of the sense of the ego structure, that sense of the self that has pride, into a state of selflessness, a state of surrender. So anava is selflessness. Step number nine, yirat chet, literally means the fear of sin. But yirat doesn't mean fear as we normally look at it. It means standing in awe of or revering something. And the word chet, which is described as sin, is very misunderstood in the West. And it really means missing the mark. It means not able to really see the bullseye. The bullseye being that interconnectedness with the divine. And so, this step number nine I'm translating as awe. The awful implications of life, of everything we do, everything we say, everything we think. Step number ten is Hasidut, which literally means saintliness, righteousness, piousness, devoutness, kindness. And this is really based upon a teaching that we can't attain any of these states of higher consciousness without having the plateau of equanimity to stand on. For as long as we react out of desire for being loved and being approved, or for resistance out of being criticized, as long as we have a sense of our self, 
We cannot have equanimity so that we can serve without self-consciousness, that we can let go of every aspect of our being and let that divine will work through this vehicle. There's a great deal to be said about this, as you will see. Step 11, Ruach HaKodesh, literally means holy wind. It means being blown by the divine, having divine inspiration. And oftentimes it's translated as Holy Spirit. Something is coming through us that we can't fully appreciate. In the end, it really means the prophetic state of mind, Ruach HaKodesh. And so I'm translating this as extraordinary mind states, the attainment of extraordinary mind states. Finally, step number 12, Tzachiyat HaMesim, means enlivening the dead, bringing the dead to life, reviving the dead. And some would translate this as life eternal. All of this has to do with understanding that much of what we see as life and death is limited by our reality. And once we change our consciousness and see things through new eyes, we see that which we thought was not real or unalive, dead, can be brought to life just by our awareness, our higher consciousness. And this is the highest state that we attain to. It's called God consciousness. Or we could also say it's devakut. It's being attached to or merging with the divine in the deepest sense, being glued to God, God consciousness. All of us have within us a living tzaddik. Each one of us has the potential for God consciousness. We can work through these steps individually or collectively and raise our awareness closer and closer to this ultimate goal. All of Judaism is directed to the idea that when enough individuals raise their consciousness, then the awareness of the entire universe will move to a new state. And that new state, or the potential for that new state, is called messianic consciousness. So that as each one of us takes on our path in life and goes through these different activities to raise ourselves up, we come closer and closer to God consciousness and some of us will actually attain it. And when enough of us do, there will be a paradigm shift, a complete change in the world that will allow us to see things differently and act differently and live differently with each other. That is to say, to bring a whole new era of peace and understanding in the world. This is the goal of creation according to Jewish teachings and indeed the mystics from all traditions would say that the direction of this creation is to come closer and closer to its source.
One important thing to note, however, mystics from around the world, teachings in all traditions, and the teachings of Jewish mysticism as well, specifically say that words and thoughts are simply ideas that rest in the mind. Unless we put them into action, we cannot fully integrate the teachings. And so the work that we do on the path of the tzaddik, the work of the chariot, is not simply a concept, not simply an abstract idea. It is a living teaching. We must build this vessel that we call ourselves, this body, this potential that we have for free will to act in the world. We must integrate these teachings and live them, act them out, fulfill them. And this is the purpose of the teaching that we're going to be doing on the path of the tzaddik and the holy chariot. So all of us are invited to participate in this marvelous effort. All of us are invited to climb on the holy chariot and to raise our individual awareness by actually working with these teachings, by actually doing them. And I would implore everyone to take a close look at each one of these steps as they're described in detail now and to find a way to integrate each into our lives.